I have a super exciting news for you. My new book, Chasing Desires, is on pre-order on Amazon. And when you pre-order this book, I'm sending you some really amazing gifts worth over $500. This is not a self-help book. I'm not teaching you what you should do to make your life a certain way. This is a story of my emotions, ugly and beautiful both. This is a tale of how I fell madly in love with myself after hating me long enough for no fault of mine. So don't miss out, especially if you are a woman. Hi and welcome to the Corporate Life Podcast. My name is Hina Siddiqui and I loved and hated my corporate jobs for years. This podcast is going to empower you to go high on your career without losing yourself. I invite you to join me each week as you will hear real cool stories of the real cool corporate people doing real things in the corporate world and their experiences and advice can change your story too. Hi, this is Hina Siddiqui and you are listening to the Corporate Life Podcast where we go deep into the stories, strategies and insights that empower corporate leaders to expand their careers and income and live a purpose-driven life. Today we have a very special guest who will guide us on a transformative journey towards financial planning that aligns with our life's purpose. I have the privilege of speaking with Jeff Bernier, a renowned financial expert and visionary who has dedicated his career to helping individuals like you to design financial plans that fuel their life's purpose. Jeff's new book, The Money and Meaning Journey, shows that it is possible for wealth and meaning to grow together in your life's second act, that it is possible to create wealth and use it to benefit your life, your family, and your surrounding community. He has been providing personalized financial advice to individuals and families since 1986. Today, we will explore the profound connection between financial planning and our deepest aspirations. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. It's lovely to have you. I am going to discuss some really, really interesting topic with you today, which is money. And everybody needs money, but they have different opinions and attitudes to look at it. Right. No question about it. It's a topic that's really important, but oftentimes we don't talk about it around the dinner table like we do other topics. So sometimes it's taboo. So important to have this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff, first of all, your book looks very interesting. I truly resonate uh, with the title that is The Money and Meaning Journey. Please tell us a bit about your book. What inspired you to write this one? Well, I've been a wealth advisor for over 36 years and have coached many families, generally mid to late career executives and business people, trying to navigate the transition from their careers to what I call act two. You know, we've got act one. Yeah. And act two. And I found after 36 years of doing this, that there were just some things that I had learned that I'd used in my coaching and from programs that I've been a part of that convinced me I had some things to share because there are a lot of books out about wealth management, how to manage money and how to build a financial plan. And there are other books that are deeper spiritual, help you kind of figure out who are you and what do you care about and what brings you meaning. I wanted to combine those two because Mm -hmm. I believe that we were all created for a purpose and life is largely a journey to kind of figure out what that is. Yes. But we also need the resources to have the freedom to go pursue it. 
And so what I've tried to do in the writing that I do and my little podcast that we do called The Money and Meaning Show and this book was trying to combine deep conversations about how to go through a process to uncover what really matters. And then how do you create the financial planning toolbox to have the freedom to go pursue it? So it's trying to combine both of those. Mm. And so again, anyway, after 36 years coaching clients on these subjects, I thought it was time to put some of this out in the world. Yeah, that's really interesting. And that's much needed because I see that people make a lot of money, but they don't know how to manage their money. And there the real struggle starts because uh, first, like they have this goal that to make a lot of money. And even after they achieve it, they're still not happy. They're still not joyful. They just in that process of saving money, saving it for the future. Of course, it's very important, but they don't enjoy their money. That's right. And that's really a lot of part of what the first part of the book deals with some of the psychological as well as the financial challenges that we face as we are later in our careers. I mean, as we've achieved essentially some measure of worldly success, but then oftentimes we still feel empty. And so the first part of the book tries to address that. Look, I'm on this journey too. So I struggle with those exact same challenges, but that was the idea. So you're absolutely right. And I think The happiness literature is profound in understanding that events and circumstances can make you happy, but it's fleeting. It doesn't last very long. Absolutely. And there are other things that can give you more lasting meaning and joy. And so that was some of the ideas that we had tried to discuss in the book. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I truly resonate with this idea because life is a journey, right? We all have been sent into this world for a specific reason, for a specific purpose and to fulfill some task or mission. And we just come here and we get lost by the societal things and we just keep chasing money. And then again, we are not able to make the best out of it. Right. That's amazing. Jeff, you are a financial expert. So I would like to hear from you. How do you define money in one sentence? Well, money is just a tool. So let's see if I can make this one sentence for you. To me, money is a means of freedom of choice. Yeah. So wealth is a term that's thrown out a lot. But I think at the end of the day, it's really relative to what you need to have a fulfilling life. Yes. So what amount of capital and resources are necessary to give you the clarity and confidence to live the life that you dream about? Money is just a tool in order to to finance one of my colleagues calls funded contentment. And that's different for all of us. Yeah. Everybody's got a different set of parameters on that. But to me, it's a means of freedom to go pursue what matters most without worrying about, quite frankly, about the day-to-day issues with money. Because if you're worried about your plan or you're worried about markets or you're worried about taxes and inflation, if you're constantly worried about those things, I don't care how much money you have, you're not free. And my definition, you're not wealthy. So I don't care how many units of value you have. Mm. If you've got 10 or 20 or 30 million dollars or units, but you still worry about those things, to me, you're not wealthy. If you've got a fraction of that and it's in alignment with your heart and you're content and you're enjoying your life, I would define that as wealthy. Absolutely. And I learned it from my mentor that there's something called money blocking goals and money experiencing goals. So it's more important, like when we start experiencing our money and without thinking that I want this to be happy, I want to make this much of money to be happy. And then 
when we achieve that, it's again, never enough. Well, that's right. I mean, that's called the hedonic treadmill. Yeah. We, we, you know, we accomplish some level yeah. of happiness or success, and then we're always striving for the next thing. And as humans, that's normal. Yeah. I mean, I, one of the things I want to try to get us away from is thinking that we're flawed. We're yeah. not flawed. We're human. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the human condition. And actually, the striving mechanism that we have, this desire for more, has served us well. I mean, that's why we get out of bed and grow. And But the problem is, if we make the goal the end all be all, we lose sight of the journey and the fulfillment and actually the journey and the meaning in the journey. But you're absolutely correct. I mean, there's a lot of studies, again, that show that uh, when we reach one level of success, we tend to want more. Yeah, right. And this is just about having the perfect balance in our life. And that comes with the life's purpose. So let's discuss about how can we design a financial plan that fuels our life's purpose. Now, this question has two questions, actually. So I'll break that down into two parts. As this show is about corporate professionals who are busy chasing their material goals and working within tight deadlines, the majority of them have probably not thought about their life's purpose yet. Uh, Jeff, what would you like to say to them and how can they find their life's purpose while doing their jobs? Yeah, well, this is a great question. I really think good financial advice is life planning advice. And that all starts with your heart. I mean, it's a heart and a head journey. I mean, we need our heart and our head in this assignment. And even though you are very busy and you are pulled, Mr. and Mrs. Corporate Executive, (laughs) you're pulled in a thousand different directions by both your employer and your family and, again, other obligations. You sort of owe it to yourself to take a pause. Mm. And so the first step is really to go to the proverbial woods and ask yourself some very deep questions about what really matters. Yeah. And the middle part of the book is a workshop that I used to do called the Money and Meaning Experience, where I walk through some exercises that can help you do that. But the first one is really about what do you care about? I mean, what is your why? I know everybody's probably familiar with Simon Sinek's. TED Talk and his book, Start With Why, but you start with what, you know, what is your why and your values? So you can't separate the tactical planning from what you're trying to accomplish and what your values are and what your true why is, because you could construct the most elegant, technically proficient financial strategy. But if it's not congruent with what really matters to you, you won't stick with it. So the first step is really figuring out you know, what is your why and what is your purpose and what are your values? And so that takes time. Mm. I mean, it does take time and it takes some intentionality to spend a little bit of time evaluating those things. The second thing I think is, you know, once you've figured out, you know, kind of what the why is and what the values are, you sort of figure out what is the arena or the stage that you're going to perform on. And to your typical listener, that can still be the corporate world. Mm. I mean, you can, When we talked about situational happiness being fleeting, one thing that the research says that when you are really good at something, that can give your life meaning. Yeah. And so if you can find that thing that you're great at doing and you love to do it, you might get a paycheck for that. I mean, that might be part of your vocation. It certainly is Mm -hmm. for me. You know, so it doesn't have to all be about retirement. It could be right there where you're at. But the second thing is about this arena. Mm -hmm. What stage are you on? Now, for most of us, we have multiple stages. You know, we have a stage at work and we may have a stage at home and we 
may have some stages in our nonprofit or charitable or spiritual life, but finding out the arena. And then the last thing is how do you create the margin? How do you create the financial means, the financial margin, and how much does it take? How do you create the time margin through being really selective about what you take on and what you say yes to? Mm. And more importantly, what you say no to? How do you create the time margin? And then also, how do you create the emotional and spiritual energy? So it's about what's the purpose? What's the why? What's the arena? And then how do you create the margin? And Mm. that's kind of what the middle part of the book kind of helps people Mm. do. So I would tell your typical business person that you've just got to commit some time to going through a process to being thoughtful about what really matters. Then you're equipped to go construct the financial plan to fund what you've uncovered. Right. Absolutely. Great advice. And I think this is something that we definitely have to do. Take a pause and think about what really care about, what matters to us the most. Well, and if we don't, I think you alluded to this before. Yeah. If we don't, we will let other people dictate what matters. Absolutely. Exactly. Our bosses, our business, even people with really good intentions. You know, they'll have good intentions, but they won't know what really drives you. Yeah. And so that's really what the excavation project is to uncover really what matters most to you and your values. Great. And Jeff, once they figure out what their life's purpose is, like it has to be the perfect balance. I agree with that, that it has to be a balance between your relationships, between your finances, in your career and what you love doing the most. And then your health, everything like it's, it's just a perfect balance. Once they figure out what is their life's purpose. How do they construct that financial plan that fuels their life's purpose? Yeah. So the next step is really just to take an inventory of the resources that you have. And so these are both financial and non-financial resources. So your human capital, your ability to serve others and get, I heard someone speak, you know, certificates of appreciation, Hmm. compensation. Hmm. So what are your resources, both your human capital, as well as your financial resources, your skills? your money, your capital, and take an inventory of your resources. And then you also have to take an inventory of your dangers. We face a number of challenges today. I'm here in the United States. I'm not sure where you are, but you know, here in the United States, I mean, we have some challenges as we age and we're living longer, which is a good thing, but that means we need more money for longer to yeah. support us. We might be in a world of lower expected returns. So we have to recognize that we may not have the same return potential we had over the last 10 or 15 years in the next 10 or 15. Mm-hmm. So we have to be prepared for that. We've got to be prepared for healthcare cost, yeah. which is not insignificant. So you take an inventory of the resources, both financial and non-financial, take an inventory of the potential dangers, and then you take your dreams and you convert them to basically a dollar and a deadline. And so if you have a dream, you've got to figure out what does it cost to live that dream and when do you want that dream and over what period of time. And you basically work backwards and say, okay, these are the things that we want at different stages of our life. This is what it's going to cost. And you determine if the resources and your ability to earn is a match. And if not, then you have to make start making trade-offs. You know, am I willing to work longer or am I willing to live on less? Or could I accept more market uncertainty for higher expected returns? Could I relocate to a less expensive home to be free from working earlier? Or, you know, I know this, your audience are business people. Many of us, it's really about 
being productive much longer, but in a different way, as you have done in, in your transition to the life that you want. So retirement is a dangerous word for many of us. Maybe there's one alternative where you're contributing to add value if there wasn't enough. So I guess the first step is really take inventory, put a dollar and a deadline around these dreams, and then you start looking at the tactics. How much do you need to save? Where should it be? How do we reduce taxes, manage tax liability? How do we make sure we can survive? And so it's really a two-step. It's to survive and thrive. And so we've got to survive and you do that through risk management. Mm -hmm. So if you become disabled or if you die prematurely or if you have a financial catastrophe, are you protected? So you've got to protect, but then you have the luxury of investing for things that can go right. Those are some of the ideas around the process. But in the tactics, you're looking at the major areas of wealth management. So you're looking at cash flow and tax, risk management and asset protection, investment planning, because really investment planning is really all about storing the capital that you don't consume today so you can use it in the future. It's estate planning and wealth transfer. And then there are other things. If you have children or grandchildren, you want to try to help educate or if there are causes that mean something to you that you want to contribute to through charitable causes. There's a lot of other periphery areas that we talk about in wealth management, but that's sort of the framework that we would go through. Imagine a healing and coaching experience in the magical Bali, Indonesia. Light yoga, healthy food, simple meditations, conscious living, inner healing, a ton of interesting activities, plus coaching sessions on creating your career success blueprint, mindset shifts, including your money mindset and peak performance. You would come back with fresh new confidence and positive power with your very own success blueprint to make a true difference at your work, impact the world around you and make much, much more money in your career. It's happening on various dates starting October this year, and I would love for you to be a part of it. Visit my website, www.authorhina.com to know more about this luxury retreat. You'd come back as a different person. I promise you that. Hmm, right. That makes a lot of sense. And as I say that people make money and then they are not able to manage money. I have a question for you. What mistakes do you see people making when it comes to managing their finances, Steph? Well, probably the most important is we teeter between fear and greed. And so we typically don't have a long enough time horizon. And the reason that we don't think long-term is because it's very difficult to think long-term when the financial media wants you to think about right this second. Correct. As you probably know, the financial media's job is not to make you wealthy. Financial media's job is to get viewers so they can sell advertising. So they got to get you to pay attention right now. Mm. And the only way they're going to get you to pay attention right now is to have some exciting, dangerous, right. risk stuff that they need you to pay attention right now. They're trying to get you to shorten your time horizon to the next five minutes so you'll watch the TV show or yeah. you'll read the magazine. So the most important thing I would advise your listener, is you need to think about your time horizon as your life expectancy. If you're 60 years old, that's 30 years. You know, you've got to play if a married couple. There's a pretty good chance one of you is going to be living 30 years from now. So what's happening right this second might matter, but you don't have any control over it. So probably the most important thing is to extend your time horizon to your life expectancy so that you can make some strategic decisions. Just like there was this two-step 
of survive and thrive, there's also a two-step in investing. And that is we need short-term safe liquid money Mm -hmm. to cover short-term needs, but we have long-term money that we need to access the capital market so that we can get a real return over inflation. And with that capital, you've really got to have a long time horizon and not get too excited about what's going on day to day or month to month or even quarter to quarter. And so probably the biggest mistake is people react emotionally to the news and they let what Daniel Kahneman, who won a Nobel Prize in economics, called System One take over. And System One is, you know, we just react. And so what we want to do is let System Two, which is the analytical brain, get involved. So we need to take a pause and not react and think longer term. Yeah, right. And this is a very good point because what I see, you know, people doing in the corporate world, that is like they think short term. They think short term, the moment they get their money, like in the paycheck, they would spend it all. And they would not think about investing in the proper planning for their future. Well, I've got two points to make on that, too, since you brought that up. There is another danger with people in corporate America. And we think because we work for a company, we know the company well. And there is a difference between a good business and a good investment. A really good business that's operating really well can be a bad investment if it's already in the price because it could be really Mm -hmm. expensive. But we tend to think we know more when we work for a company. So here in Atlanta, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and there's a few large corporations who are the home office here. Mm -hmm. And my clients who are employees there think they understand the business and therefore they tend to be over allocated to their own companies, which is really dangerous if you study the evidence. So You got to be careful if you're a corporate executive because you might have stock options, which are great, and some incentive-based compensation, which is great, but you need to manage that risk and make sure you're not overly concentrated in your employer security. The second thing I will say, because of our proclivity not to save, which is kind of what you were just talking about, we get paid and then we spend it, we get paid, we spend it, is a lot of these psychological, I'll call them mistakes, but we make them because we're normal is they're difficult to overcome. But one way you can overcome them is by rules, having a very rules-based approach. So for instance, having money taken out of your paycheck before you see it is a great life hack. I mean, most people that accumulate wealth accumulate it in their house because they're making a mortgage payment over a 30-year period and they don't think about it. They would never not think about making their mortgage payment. And then 30 years from now, they own a home. Well, your 401k and your employer-sponsored plans are the same way. If you can have the money taken away before you see it, you know, those kinds of rules can help you a lot, Mm. both in terms of saving and investing and building wealth, but also in terms of how you manage the portfolio. I talked about how we react emotionally. Well, if you can set up some rules that can help us invest rationally instead of emotionally, that can go a long way in helping us be successful with our money. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing to do, like have some rules and do some investments or, you know, take some wise decisions around your money before you even see your paycheck. That's exactly right. Awesome. Jeff, what's the best way to work with you? Yeah, if you'd like to learn more about me and the book, you can go to jeffbernierauthor.com. The book is also available at Amazon and all the online retailers. It's called The Money and Meaning Journey, mm-hmm. A Guide to Clarity, Financial Confidence, and Joy. So you can reach me there at jeffbernierauthor.com. You can also reach me at hello at com as it relates to the book. And then we have a corporate website for my wealth management practice, which is tandemgrowth.com. So that's T-A-N-D-E-M growth.com. And you can learn more 
about our wealth management practice and how we help people create clarity and confidence to live a great life, regardless of where they are in this stage, whether in Act 1 or moving into Act 2. Thank you very much for sharing this information. And we are going to include this information in the show notes section so that people can find you there and buy your book, contact you if they want to work with you. Thank you very much for your time today, Jeff. It was wonderful, wonderful knowledge that I could gather from you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you and all the best for your work. Financial planning is not just about numbers and investments. It's a powerful tool that can empower you to live a life of purpose, joy, and fulfillment. By aligning your financial goals with your deepest values and aspirations, you can create a roadmap that paves the way for a meaningful and abundant future. Take the wisdom and insights shared by Jeff today and apply them to your own financial journey. Stay tuned for our next episode where we continue to explore the stories and strategies that empower corporate leaders like you to lead purpose-driven lives. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with others who may benefit from the wisdom shared. That's it for this week. I'll see you next week. Love you guys and girls. Stay happy and safe. Thank you for tuning in. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and go to my website, authorhina.com for life and career changing tools and resources. Be sure to download and read my book, Secrets of the Six-Figure Employee with Zero Stress. It's available on Amazon.